a Lifetime original podcast. Do we need to be hunting ducks? Andy, there's other... I said Andy. I know. Okay, I just called you Andy, which is proof that you are my other life partner. <laughs> Megan? Megan? I'm also a little dehydrated, probably. I love a Lifetime movie. You're married to Lady Dustas. Oh, I'm a one-mom gal. You know, like, one mom's all I can handle. Brain-soaked as scotch. Come down here, old man. I have a brother who has no social media, and I'm suspicious of him. And you're like, oh, good. Crazy is good with a shotgun. So, yeah, if you meet a white man who owns a half-sip and they're not on LinkedIn, murderer. <laughs> I cannot believe this is happening. Are you happy now? Are you proud of yourself? Look at your mother! Look at her! Look at your sister! Dad, look at me! Do I look happy to you? Dad, I know I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a liar! Douglas! Take me back to the city. Dad, you have to believe me. Douglas, now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey, joined by the still-blushing bride, Naomi Ekperkin. Hi, Naomi. Hello. Thank you. Thank you, my love. So good to see you. You're looking stunning today. Talk to me about what's going on in your life. I want to know everything. When you came on, you looked really good. And you're going through a bit of an issue. So I said, you look better than me. And you said, touch up my appearance. And then I went to my Zoom and realized the touch up my appearance was like very low. And so I hiked that puppy right on up. And so that's actually what's happening. You are seeing the product of technology. Yeah, so I had something really terrifying happen to me yesterday morning that felt in the vein of Lifetime. (gasps) I got up with Conrad, and then CJ was staying up with him to play, so I went back to sleep. And it was dark in our bedroom, but I had my Kindle, so the little light. And I had my head on my pillow. I felt something on my face, and I turned on the light, Uh. and there was a spider on my face. Ah! Megan. Megan, Megan. Okay, I'm so sorry. Andy just came out here thinking that like I was about to be murdered because my scream pierced through the night air. Yeah. And by night, I mean day. But oh my god! Now it was a daddy long leg, so oh, it god. I like it had it had been on my silk pillowcase, crawled oh. on my silk pillowcase onto my silk face. Okay, you guys. But also, don't we expect expect Megan to have a silk pillowcase? Yes. Doesn't that fit? Yes. It's like. Of course she does, but also Kindle, shout out, because she loves to read. So it's like she's giving us everything. It was on the bill. Okay, keep going. (sighs) You know what? I mean, so I like turned on the light because I was like, I swear I felt something. And then like, you know, so I got up and when the light turned on, there was a daddy long leg on the bed and it had recently been on my face. Oh my God. Well, then I really have to say you look great for someone who burned the top layer of skin off just I mean, for survival. Also burned my house down. Like, it's like, <laughs> well, and then I I also have a silk eye mask. And it was like, I do need sleep. I had two shows last night. I've got this baby. I've got jobs. So I kind of forgot about it. And then I was at a show last night and I was like drinking in a water cup and I could see two like what looked like almost ants at the bottom of the cup, you know, and there's just like yeah, something in yeah. it. And then I remembered that a spider had been on my face and I go, who am I to stop drinking this water? So I just kept <laughs> drinking the damn ant water. Cause I go, it's been enough. It's the day is already toxic. <laughs> oh my God. That is terrifying. Yeah. You know, that, that happened to me once, not on my face, but on the pillow at a hotel ah! in 
was it Oklahoma? I was at a comedy festival. Yeah. Where, you know, V lackluster. Luckily, I got to hang out with another comedian where we just, like, found good food. But it was like, <laughs> I was at this hotel, and it was like, you know how it is with the way these festivals work, where it's like, okay, you got to fly in that morning. You got two spots that night. Yeah. Then you can get to the hotel. So it's like, by the time I got to the hotel, I was, like, dead tired. So I was tired. like, all I want in this life is to just rest my weary head. And I literally like put my head down and I guess I must have jostled it. I must have jostled it. I must have thrown it because I was in its house. And this spider came out from the pillow. You know, like it was either like it was in maybe between the case and the pillow, whatever. Honey, when I tell you, I went right down to that front desk and I said, I need a new room. There's a spider in my pillow. (coughs) Immediately. I said, I will not stand for it. I will not. And like Oklahoma, that seems like they've got very dangerous spiders. Like when when I felt this thing on my face, because I I've, I've stayed at a nice like I I, I think villa would be, but it, you know it was like a oh home in Tuscany, and yeah. there was a scorpion in the shower, <laughs> and I told my dad not while I was showering. I like went in there and I saw it in the shower, and I went in to my parents' room and I said, Dad, there's a scorpion in the shower, and he goes, Do not tell anyone else <laughs> like it was just like he like took the scorpion I don't know what I don't know if you get a newspaper you get like child Florencia but like he took um he took the scorpion it, then we never spoke of it again because he was like we're all gonna have to leave if everyone right. knows there's a scorpion. <laughs> uh, but it really it was like oh my god this whole time I've been worried about snakes in beds because I, of yep. lifetime yep. and I'm not even yep. someone who's afraid of spiders like a spider could crawl across my desk and I go you go off you know like I love Charlotte's Web it doesn't really bother really? me really snakes wow. snakes are my thing but also but you've never had a snake on your face ah! you know what I'm saying snakes don't do that they don't do that spiders do and out here these damn kids parties I will see mm. pictures and they'll be like pythons and I'm like no <laughs> please please Conrad I will support you honey if you want to be a DJ I will buy you every piece of equipment please don't be a snake guy oh well sure but I'll tell you this you know I love animals I don't mind reptiles there are pictures of me holding all manner of reptiles if you were good on faith from when I was in Australia and went to like you oh know, yeah I was just like a yeah, preserve yeah, yeah. or something where I was like I was like I was like put it on me let's go let's mm-hmm. see what happens they're very hefty I met a sloth in Australia and it's little like hand I was like I love yeah. you <laughs> yeah it's like I'm like sure it's like we're in a foreign land why not you know yeah true but because there's something about the slowness of a snake I can manage. You know, my thing with all the, with insects is you don't need that many legs unless you do it evil. Okay? Where you got to be? What you need eight whole legs for? You in a rush? You got a job? And then sometimes they just, like, levitate off the ground, you know, like a drone. Okay. You know, you know black widow spiders are a thing here in L.A. too. And they're like, outside, you know, at night we're like walking the dog and we have to keep her away from like the edges of buildings because a lot of little black widows will make their nests kind of at that corner and like create a very elaborate situation for themselves. And when once you realize it, right, like once you see it once and then you're clocking for it, you're like, oh, they're all around us. No. It's a wonder any of us are alive. It's real dark. It's real dark here. It's, you know, this land is not habitable. I thought you only had to be afraid of the coyotes at dusk and nighttime. Mm-mm, girl. If the light is low, you do not go, period. Okay? There wow. are multiple, multiple predators. Speaking of multiple predators. Oof. Okay? This one on two legs. Because you know what it is? A man. hmm Classic. Classic predator. One of the scariest predators the world has to offer. 
Because <laughs> they're on every you continent. You know, like it's like you may not have a black uh, black widow in South Dakota, but you definitely got men walking around doing bad stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this movie is no exception. We are talking about the movie Her Fiance's Double Life. All right. Let me tell you the gist. Assistant DA Darcy Young is invited to her parents' country home to meet her sister's new fiance, Thomas Schur. Already dubious at the speed of her sister's whirlwind romance, Darcy begins to notice suspicious behavior and becomes convinced that Thomas is a danger to her entire family. And I'm going to tell you what, Megan and I have a lot of thoughts. This movie is directed by our queen, lifetime queen Lindsay Hartley. So you know what? (laughs) We got to get into it. 
my Lindsay Hartley or whatever he calls her, <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. And he's like, you are just so beautiful. I am so lucky. And then the elevator doors open and he pushes her inside to her death. Now, Megan, the moment they started kissing in front of the elevator, I was like, oh, he done turned her around to push her in. Did you see it, too? Yeah, well, I saw it because I read your notes. <laughs> I guess I didn't sell that right. You're thinking, oh, the elevator came. No, he. I don't get this. So if you just push the button a bunch of times, <laughs> the elevator doesn't come, and then you can push someone into the shaft? So he basically, what I think he's doing here, okay— because his whole thing, he says, he's like, he's like, if you push the buttons the right way, you can get these elevators to do anything, which is a sentence he says, which is like, do anything. What do you need besides go up and down? So, okay, so that's your first red flag. And so it seems like what he's doing is what we're calling cellular confusion. He thinks if he goes up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, he can basically short circuit the elevator so that the doors will open without the actual elevator car being present. And that's okay. what he's done. And I can't imagine what it took for him to discover this combination. Yeah, and like... I just, for the listeners at home, if you are plotting someone's murder, I would not go this path because there's not scientific evidence that this is true, <laughs> that you can just bang on keys and then it won't come. Okay, so then we get our title card. Cut to a white woman drinking wine on a beachfront property. And we find out that she's an assistant DA. And I'm like, this is not assistant DA money, okay? Like, ass- <laughs> it's my beloved neighbor is an assistant DA and like we're neighbors and we are not on the beach. We have spiders <laughs> on our pillows. So <laughs> I know what their salaries are. And I'm like, should have we been lawyer? Like, I just want, I just want to see the water. So then her friend brings out a charcuterie board. The woman who is, I guess our heroine of the story is named Darcy. And she wants to talk about work with her friend. Her friend does not want to talk about work. So Darcy lets her friend know that she has to go to her parents' country home to meet her sister's fiancé. Megan, let's just, because you're not setting it, you're making it sound like, okay, when I tell you, and this is why I be taking a note sometimes, and I can't let Megan take the lead because she ain't setting the scene. Imagine two of the most annoying white women you have ever seen having a conversation. (laughs) They just weren't that annoying to me. And I know that that's because I'm an annoying white woman. <laughs> but these, but it's like, first, also her friend too. Her friend, her name is Amanda. Her, the actress's real name is Amanda. So when Amanda's playing an Amanda, it's already a level of realism that I'm not ready for. Yeah. And I think this beach house is Darcy's. Yes. And she's going to her parents' country home. Country home. So she just. So the whole point is not only is she an assistant district attorney who really wants to be a DA, but she comes from money. So let's just talk about how this is probably the least sympathetic lifetime heroine in a while. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. we're going aspirational as evidenced by charcuterie, wine, and beachfront home when you're like under 30. So I, again, lifetime trying to, but like you cannot aspire to these women. Just listen to the way they speak to each other, please. I'm meeting my sister's fiance. Wait. You're meeting your sister's fiance. Yeah, see, this is why I didn't want to talk about it. Oh. No one in my family has met him. And we'll all be stuck at the country house all weekend. Plus? Plus what? Well, she's your younger sister, right? You don't think that I care that my little sister's getting married before me, do you? My younger sister got engaged, like, two weekends before my older sister, and it almost ended in gunfire. Okay, well... I don't care. Mm. I don't. Right, yeah. You're married to Lady Justice. So funny. <laughs> oh, my God. The vocal fry. The air in the scene. 
the basicness. Ugh. I can't. I can't. I can't. When she's like, you're married to Lady Justice. I just really am, uh, like, I, as I say like, as I go, I mean, I am um, Amanda and Darcy, unfortunately. <laughs> So Darcy says she's focused on becoming DA and then she'll think about relationships. So Darcy right. goes home. She pulls up to the country house. Now, this is we don't this is one of multiple properties his family owns. Absolutely mm -hmm. gorgeous. She's giving herself a pep talk in the car just to get out of the car to go into the house. Right. So we know this is not a fun family dynamic. OK, no. like obviously no one's into it at all. And you know what? I guess that does make me feel better to be like, oh, you know, my family's not rich, but I don't have to like talk myself into going into the house. Like it's like I get there and I go into the house. But it's not a mansion. It's just like a house. So a black woman named Christina comes up and they start communicating through the car window, which is rolled up in sign language. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, okay, you've rolled it up. And so I'm like, okay. Well, now at this point, now I'm back interested in Darcy. Because you know, as a former actor with the National Theater of the Deaf and a sign language interpreter, I said, give me this representation. Give me a black deaf woman. Give yeah. me someone signing. So I'm back on board-ish, okay? And you can tell that they have a friendship, right? A relationship. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure what yet. But Christina's like, you know, she knows Darcy doesn't want to go in the house. So obviously Christina's like familiar with the family. And then, but then she's like, you know, well, what can I do to entice you? Basically she's like, oh, I give my kids a lollipop when they don't want to like go, go somewhere, like to get them to Which like go inside. Cute. Cut to Darcy sucking on a lolly. I said, ma'am, you are hysterical and grown. But... I had a question, though, because my thing was like, is Christina supposed to be some old, wise, and black lady maid? And th that was my fear. I, I Like, when I saw Christina, I go, please let her be the neighbor. Please do not let her I know. be the help. Please. But she is the maid. Uh-huh. So now, Darcy walks into the backyard, all right, to find her parents talking to her sister, Brea, which I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't like this name at all. Like, La Brea? <laughs> Like, what? That's not a name. <laughs> exactly. It's That's okay. a bad street in L.A. This was written by someone in Los Angeles. Yes. Okay. <laughs> La Cienega? <laughs> and she's sitting, and she's with her fiancé, the guy we saw kill Lindsay Hartley in the cold open. Okay? Now, you will recognize Brea as the lead from Secrets in the Snow. All right? And that's where she's also, like, she's visiting a murderous man. And there's mm -hmm. some intrigue there, and she eventually saves her own life, thank God. But this go-round, she is playing a vapid, squealy, girly girl who literally says to her sister, have you gained weight? We should get colonics. And so it's like, okay, I don't really know if I need her to live either. <laughs> like, no, it's a really tough duo of sisters. And then the parents are just like the whitest, waspiest, very Southern. When Darcy gets there, they don't even stand up to greet their own daughter. Like, there's not a hug. There's zero warmth. It's immediately, like, poking at each other and being mean. It's very... Yeah, I, I, I'm like, where are we even? Like, what was that water? Because now I'm like, oh, I think we're in like Charleston. Exactly. I was thinking like South Carolina giving us a little mm -hmm. Hilton Head moment. Yes. So we do get a name check of Yale and Wharton. 
So we're getting some mm-hmm. name brands. Thank you. And there is a lot of tension that Darcy did not go work for her father's law firm. But Megan, I would say the real tension is when Thomas introduces himself. Yes. Because the music sting here is out of this world. Just it's it's just a it's a few seconds. Just listen to this moment when Thomas introduces himself. Thomas. Thomas Shore. <laughs> Okay, we did not need all that music. We've already seen him kill somebody. We can pull it back. We can pull it back on the just like the intensity. He also has, like you guys, Thomas has classic bad guy face. Yeah. He really does have like that square head, sharp jaw, deep brow. He's really handsome. I found him to be very handsome. I found him to be terrifying. Well, he had a face that was very untrusting, but also the music stings every time he spoke didn't help either. Very thin line. So they start like yelling and laughing, and Thomas is like doing that thing where he's pretending to be mad, and then they go. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, it's just like, yeah, it's that thing when like rich people are laughing about something, and it's like you have no <laughs> sense of humor. Like I just. I know you don't. And then I got very confused because the dad's like, "Well, he went to." Wharton as a backup school. And I'm like, Wharton is the business school at Penn, not the law school. I don't know. Then I went down this whole rabbit hole trying to figure, and I go, I don't need to know any of this. I went to a Big Ten school, and I graduated in eight semesters. (laughs) But his whole thing was, it's like, he's a... He's a businessman, right? It's like he's not a lawyer, which is the family mm-hmm. business. Like, dad is really giving me American Gothic, Southern Gothic, where you're like, what What world are you from, dad? And then mom is just like his right-hand woman. And it's just funny. And Because here's the other thing, too. Immediately, Thomas is calling him dad. He's like, dad. And it's like, Ew. okay, you need to calm down. I Y'all ain't even married that. yet. You just, I think you just met them, but based on the way everyone's laughing, it's like, do you guys come visit them every week? Because it seems like they're besties, Thomas and the parents. I hate that. And I hope my mother-in-law doesn't listen to this, but she wanted me to call her mom. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) So now I call her Lola, which is like what Conrad calls her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but like, and my brother-in-law calls her mom. And I'm like, you're messing this up for me. But it's like, why is your brother-in-law calling I don't know, and he has a mom. I'm just like, oh, I'm a one-mom gal. You know, like, one mom's Uh all I can handle. So I got Peggy, she's my mom, and you are my Lola. But I do call Peggy mom myself. Okay, well, (laughs) and that works for you. Well, now you got a black mom and a white mom. (laughs) I think that that is, CJ loves having a brown mom and a white mom. I always wanted a white mom, and then I got the whitest mom. Okay, so... La Brea and Darcy go inside, and Darcy starts unpacking her suitcase. La Brea calls her a sociopath for doing this, because it's only two <laughs> yeah. days. And you asked me a question, how do I feel? And you know how I feel? I love to unpack my suitcase. <gasps> now, what? do I also have my suitcase splayed open with shit flying everywhere? Yes. But if given, uh, like... 15 minutes and the opportunity this last Airbnb I stayed at there was no closet for our room the closet in our room had like the cleaning supplies in it I would have been hanging my stuff up so I had to hang some stuff in my mom's room but I when I'm at like a hotel for more than 48 hours I'm definitely unpacking wow that's that's insane to me uh that to me unless like even when I was at the hotel for our wedding where I was there for two days I will unpack something if it needs to be hung up, if okay. I'm trying to get some wrinkles out. Yeah. Everything else, keep your items together. This is how you lose things. This is how you forget things. This is how you leave something in the bottom of a closet at a Hilton Garden Inn. Yeah. All right? Keep your items contained and together. I put my toiletries on top of the sink. 
I put yeah. the clothes right there and I open, I use that little rack, you know, for the suitcase so it can stay open yes. so I can see what's up. I think that's basically unpacking. We're describing a very similar thing. And now that you say this, I do have a missing pair of light blue pleather pants. And I'm like, I guess they're just in Palm Springs. <laughs> they just, yes! they they found a gay man and they're retired there now. <laughs> okay, so La Brea is giving Darcy the rundown on Thomas. And she's like, he's rich, rich, but they don't, but she doesn't know how rich. And I'm not buying this as how this girl would talk because she's rich. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did go to yeah. college with some people who are rich, rich. Mm -hmm. And they don't ever talk about other people's money. They barely talk about their money. Like, it's like, oh, he's a doll. Oh, he's so fun. Really intelligent. So interesting. Curious. <laughs> it's like this, me saying, like, if I was dating someone, I was like, he's rich, rich. That's how I would talk because I'm trash. <laughs> well, La Brea says that, and yes, we are just going to keep calling her La Brea for the rest of this. <laughs> she and Thomas met on a beach vacation. What I also love about La Brea is that it's like, do you have a job? No. Nah, she's like no. a very, I have my daddy's money. What beach? Where are we? We, Honey, everything's a beach. Are we talking Rosemary's Beach? Are we talking the Cayman Islands? Like, I need, we've already gotten <laughs> Gail and Wharton. Can I just get a locale? But then Darcy's immediately suspicious of the fact that, one, he was alone at a beach on a beach vacation. I go, honey, he's scouting for hotties. Yeah. And... She was like, we liked all the same things. And it's like, I will say I'm with Darcy because it's like, no one likes all the same things. You can be like, we like two touchstones that are very important to me. But yeah. no one's like, we like all the same things. And the other thing, though, that and you tell me if I missed it. How long have they been together? No idea. I was like, was this six months ago? Was this three months ago? Who is he? It feels like 90 days. Like, I, it's really, <laughs> we're getting TLC 90 Day Fiance. So Darcy's suspicious that he was alone. I'm suspicious when La Brea says he has no social media. Well, absolutely. So is Amanda. I have a brother who has no social media, and I'm suspicious of him. No, he did it because he wanted... He ran for public office, and I don't know. But I'm like, yeah, when someone doesn't have anything, I go, that's a red flag. I think my brother has Facebook, maybe. Well, especially if he's the person he says. I get not having social media accounts. I don't get not being able to be found online, mm -hmm. okay, in the 21st century. Yeah. Because if he's had a single job... His name's got to appear on a damn corporate website. Also, like, we've seen his face and how he dresses. He's on LinkedIn. Like, this is, this <laughs> is LinkedIn's like LinkedIn. prime demo. So, yeah, <laughs> if you meet a white man who owns a half zip and they're not on LinkedIn, murderer. <laughs> okay, okay, I've got to, okay, you guys, rule number 5,429. If you meet a white man who owns a half zip and isn't on LinkedIn, he's a murderer. Yes. There you go, okay? <laughs> Rules to live by. Rules to live by. Now, later that night, the parents throw a party because this is what wealthy people do. They just have parties being like, meet my daughter's 90-day fiance. Yeah, it's not even like an engagement. <laughs> it's just like, come over to the country home. Yeah, because oh, all rich people are always at their country homes at the same time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Everyone's available to hang. And it's also catered, okay? There are waiters passing around apps, okay? And so there's a party that night, and Darcy's outside on her phone, and then Tom comes out and starts talking to Darcy about her own career. He's like, I know you're working. You're very busy. And, like, mentions all these cases she's closed. Ew. And he says he Googled her, but the ominous music is working overtime. And he keeps using the words dad, and to Darcy, he calls her sis. Ew! And I'm like, Hell, stop it. You've just met these people, you psycho. And for somebody who is a psycho weaseling their way into a wealthy family, wouldn't you think the attack would be to play it cool. 
Like, stop doing dad and sis because you coming off thirsty. You coming off too eager to, like, be part of the bloodline. Yeah, and I also think rich people are very guarded because yeah. their assumption is, oh, they're trying to marry into this family for money. But I guess he's sort of, like, gone around that because he's like, I also have money. But that's coming from La Brea. And even if La Brea was my daughter, I wouldn't believe a word out of her mouth. Not that she's a liar, but she's a full-blown ding-dong. <laughs> like, the dad knows La Brea is stupid. Like, he's not mad at La Brea for not working at the law firm. He's like, I wouldn't let you take a file to a room next door. <laughs> so Darcy and Thomas, they're in the back of the house talking, and a cater waiter bumps into Thomas. He spills some apps on him. Thomas's level of fury is... <laughs> disqualifying. Like, I would go, oh, nope, I don't want you in the family. Like, to treat a waiter this way is, like, so bad. Such a red flag. Calls him the help. Because he's mean to him even before, right? Because first yes. what happens is Darcy and Thomas are talking in the room, and the caterator comes in and is like, oh, I'm in the wrong space. And the guy's like, get out of here, basically. He's like, Thomas is livid that the guy would even be in a room that's theirs. And the guy's like, okay, it's a big house. <laughs> and I just got here. You know what I mean? Like, And Darcy is like, it's okay. Like, you know, points him in the direction of the kitchen where he needs to be. And so he already has an attitude before the guy even does anything. So that when this guy spills, like, he, like, Thomas bumps into him. Okay. Thomas bumps into him. Yes. And then he gets some sort of app on him. And Thomas, like, you know, acts like it's okay and then bends down and gets really quiet and in the guy's face and it's like, call me sir. Ew. And it's like, okay, you gotta go. You gotta go. Can I tell you something really funny? So CJ and I were at a restaurant on Monday and we were in a fight. Ugh. I know I need, I, I know the listeners Ugh. have thought, Megan, what? Your marriage? Yes. Yeah, so we were in a fight and there was one thing at this restaurant that CJ could order because I was so mad at him. I did make him go to a seafood restaurant. Megan! Y'all, he is allergic. Okay, well, they have other food there. So the one thing on the menu that he could order came out, and the waiter was, like, trying to slide it onto the table, and it <gasps> fell. And oh. it was a tomahawk steak. And, uh, 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 it, and uh, uh, uh. it fell all over both of our shoes. But, like, we were in a fight with each other, so we truly did not care. Like, it was just like, <laughs> okay. But the restaurant could tell our tension, yeah. but they didn't know it was with each other. And right, so right, right. over, like, 75 times. Gave us, <laughs> brought out another steak for free. Are paying a dry cleaning bill. I'm like, I don't think you can dry clean Air Force Ones, but, like, let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> a man reached out via DMs. Like, they, I think they were like, oh, my God, this couple is like, because at one point I cried. Like, we were in a fight, like, so bad that I cried. And I think they thought it was about the steak. Right. Like, basically, they thought that, like, you guys were coming to this dinner to propose, and then the steak fell on your shoes, and the whole night was ruined. But here's my question. Were you guys, was the fight before you got to the restaurant and, like, yes. it was continue, continuing? Or was it, in the, did it start at the table? Yes, of course. No, it started at our house. We brought it into my car. Okay. Then we brought it to a restaurant. And then actually the mm -hmm. steak falling on our feet kind of broke the tension. So they did us a favor. <laughs> right, right, right. You now had a shared enemy. <laughs> and then we got a free steak. <laughs> and then I felt so bad for the guy. And he was like so cool. I just was like, oh my God. Because it was one of those really loud. And it just, oh, oh my God. <laughs> and like we were going to do a show about how people's shoes are dirty and we showed up with this. what it was like a homework show that for those of you that don't know what that means that's like when you're going to perform and you're not doing stand-up they're asking you to be creative in addition to it and you have to do work just for that show you did you know that i've actually started to say no and i almost to the point where i might want to put up an instagram story that says don't ask me to do shows where i'm not doing stand-up because somebody just asked me it's like it's a it's a it's a game show panel show where we do x y and z and 
because I like her as a person, because I said, oh, I can't. And then she was like, well, can I do the next date? And I was like, well, now I'm forced to be honest with you. You know what I mean? If I ju just leave it at I can't and we would have been done. But because she pressed, I was like, actually, I'm not in the mood to do shows. I'm not doing shows that are not stand up right now. I think that's fair. And I just kind of said that because I just kind of felt like, stop giving me shit to do. I got enough shit to do. Okay, I, I got enough shit to do. And there's also for me the work of what it is to be on when you're especially on a panel or a game show, something where you're up for the whole hour. 45 or minutes. More. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to do this actually. I'm here to kind of like get, do my time and dip out. I'm not here to be up for an hour. It, it ain't it. It ain't it for me. I'm just really not it. Okay, so for all the bookers who listen to this show, Naomi is not listening. doing anything non-stand-up. However, thirsty me, I'll do anything you want me to do. Megan will do it. She'll come with steak on her shoes. I'll come with steak on my shoes, but a positive attitude, and I did just cry in a cup suit, yeah. Okay, so we're now after the party. The waiter is loading stuff into his van, and then Thomas comes out of nowhere and murders him in his work van. Y'all, and it's like a bloody murder. Thomas has, like, blood all over his face. And, like, okay? sweat. And this to me is something you can only do you can only do on rich people's property because they have no regard for the help. Okay? Because the guy is like on the phone, he's like, You guys all left me. So he's obviously the last caterer there. And it seems like he's, you know what I mean? Like it's just him in the van. And so, but it's like only there, like, where's me? If I had people at my house, like, you know, working in a van or something like that, I would be watching every single person exit. I would be like, I gotta know everybody gone. I gotta know the party's no. over. You know what I mean? Like, whereas like rich people just go, go ahead, take the side door. I've heard of people, like rich people's houses where like one side of the house is on a hinge that could, the wall of the home can just open up. So like catering, like mega trucks can back in. Wow. Yeah, and like separate kitchens and all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he murders this man for spilling appetizers on him, for spilling like a bacon wrap date on him. And then he he gets in the front seat of the van, drives it away and goes to dump the body in the lake. And that's when I'm like, Thomas, this is not, a, like I don't want you to succeed as a murderer, but you can either <laughs> kill for spite or for money. Like you're either, you either need to be like, oh, I'm a guy who snaps and kill people or I'm a guy who takes out insurance policies on my wife's and then throws them down elevator shafts. When you combine the two, you're gonna get caught. Right. It really is. I was like, okay, this man has a short fuse and I just felt so, so bad for this cater waiter because it was just like, because it's so true because he it's like, okay, cute. he was a sweet, just working boy, you know? But here's the thing. So it's like, first you kill Lindsay Hartley and, we, and it's like, okay, for her insurance money. Then you kill a guy for bacon wrap dates. And so you're just like, your motives are muddy. I don't get how you haven't been caught yet. Yes. Because you leave, because you just, you leave shit behind. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't. Then I started going, wait, why did the insurance even pay out on that policy? She fell down a shaft and it would be very easy to prove that she was pushed. And like, who would push her? Him. Right. Him. But I guess he disappeared is what we learned, maybe. Right, I Sorry, guess I'm so. getting ahead of myself. But as Thomas is out here hiding the bodies of cater waiters, Darcy calls her work friend Amanda and is like, can you go to the DA's office and look up Thomas Shure? All right? And you guys have to also know about Thomas, which is very annoying. He demands to be called Thomas, okay? By his yes. full name, no Tom, no Tommy, which means I'm calling him Tommy left, right, and center. All right? Yeah. I'm calling him Tim Tam. Tom Tom. So when she calls the friend to ask, can you look up Thomas? Sure. What I would say is, sure thing. Do you like that? So you're an Amanda. You're an Amanda through and through. Well, you've already said she's an annoying white woman. And I go, okay. They would have they would have changed the character name to Megan. I wouldn't have put you, I wouldn't have put you in the category, but sometimes I think you embrace it. And if yeah. you're embracing it, I gotta go the other direction. 
going to go the other direction. No, and that's the yin and the yang. Okay, so Darcy comes down the next morning, and she hears La Brea and Mom chatting. And Mom is, I think, supposed to be like an all-day drinker, which... (laughs) Given her life, I go, yes, mom, I'm actually on your side. So listen to this just absolutely terrible, atrocious conversation they have. We got up early to go to church, dear. You went to church? You went to church? It was Thomas's idea. He doesn't like to miss a week if he doesn't have to. Sweet, sweet boy. Mom, he's 40. A young 40. Right, now don't be jealous of your sister, dear. I'm not. You don't think that I'm jealous. Don't blame yourself, dear. Anyone would be. You know, I think I'm a bit jealous of you myself. (laughs) I'm jealous of myself sometimes. Right. (sighs) Okay, like, first of all, and this is, and maybe this is about, like, wealthy people or what they want for their daughters specifically. Darcy is probably 32, if anything. Like, she's not some, like, old maid where they're like, we've given up, all right? She also reveals the parents are paying for Brea and Thomas's wedding. Darcy acts like that's insane, and it's like, La Brea doesn't have a job. She's never worked. Who is paying for that? Right, and it's also like, these are these are very traditional father yes. of the bride people. These are people who are like, the father of the bride pays. So I, Darcy's shocked, but I think it's more, I think we're supposed to believe, I think if Darcy didn't dislike Thomas, she wouldn't be as shocked. Because Darcy is like us being like, why are you calling everybody dad and sis? Why are you coming in so overly friendly? It's like, make him pay for something. I'm like, make him pay for the venue. Do you know what I mean? Like, Thomas can't just come up in here. And it's so true. It's like, that's not what Southern multiple property owning rich people just like let a rando in who cares if they went to Wharton. But maybe that's all they need is like to hear the right words, Wharton and Penn. And then they go, okay. Yeah. It's like what he did with the elevator. He go up, up, down, down, up, up, down. So he's like, Yale, Wharton, the French Riviera. And their brains go, oh, we're an elevator shaft now. <laughs> then mom says she'll give Darcy her wedding money now. And Darcy, of course, is insulted, which I'm, I am too. I'm not. I go, yeah, write me the check. But then she says you could use the money to go on a cruise. And I'm like, well, then that's not a lot of money. No. And first of all, these are not, <laughs> these are not cruise people. These are yacht people. And, like, a cruise is, what, $867? Like, Saying, that's why I was like, wait, what are you giving her? Like, No, and I think she's just sassing her. But it's like, I have a lot of friends who are not married and have siblings that have been married. And they were like, yeah, give me the money. I actually think it's a very nice offer. So just then, Thomas comes out of the double French doors that open onto the house. And he is holding a (laughs) shotgun. Darcy goes, ah! Kind of like Naomi did when I said there was a spider on my face. Like, Darcy's like, oh, this is it. He's killing us. Like, that's immediately where her brain goes. And everyone is like, um, Darcy, what the hell? They're going duck hunting. (laughs) Right. Right. And then immediately, and then Thomas does what he continues to do throughout the movie because she is an assistant district attorney and she puts away a lot of bad guys. He's like, it's okay. Darcy just sees the worst in people all the time. So, of course, she thinks a man holding a shotgun in her face is going to kill her. And I said, well, honey, she's just being a woman in America. But Darcy apologizes later and Thomas keeps bringing up her old cases and specifically a guy named Holston who she put away. And, it, and Thomas reveals that he was strangled in his cell. And Thomas says, as he's cleaning a gun, no less, well, you did that, you know, because you put him away. And no. so immediately, you guys, awesome, honey, we're like 30 minutes and I go, oh, okay, so Halston is Thomas's dad, okay? And he is mad at Darcy. 
for putting his father away. Don't know how long ago it was, but obviously he's in on it. Yeah, I'm really glad you had a theory because honestly, at this point in the film, I had been like, I don't care if any of these people live or die. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was like, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't tune out, but I was just like, listen, I know Darcy's going to get to the bottom of this, but like, I just wasn't that invested in why Thomas was doing it because he seemed so unhinged. I was like, right. he may just be a madman. Like, right. this may just right, be like right, right. a Dirty John situation. Well, but this to me, though, is where, again, Darcy, for someone who is questioning, she like, something's off about him. She's still not sharp enough for me. Because if I'm Darcy, I'm thinking... Why you bring up Holston not once but twice in the space of like a day? And if I put him away and have access to the man's history, I'm going to look up who that guy is and see if he got a kid. Like, we would just handle this immediately. Yes. You know what I will say in her defense is that I think when, I think if this was a case she was working on, all of those instincts would have happened. But I think because she's at her parents' home and she's around her family, she feels put back on her heels and it's not this work setting. And so her DA brain is all muddled with the family dynamic that is obviously tense. That is the Mm. out I'm giving her. Okay, so we see Christina again. We realize that Darcy is the only family member that ever learned sign language, despite her being with them for years. We find out later the dad doesn't even know her name. Like, it's so crazy. So the men are out hunting after dad found his misplaced duck collar or whatever the hell it's called. My mom actually does an amazing duck call. (laughs) They're out hunting. There's a friend named Earl. And when Earl sees Thomas, he's like, I know I know you from somewhere. Yep. And then he is insistent on it, and they have this convo. I defended you, didn't I, when you were a teenager? Sorry. Again, not to be rude. I've never been in court. Are you positive? You weren't Thomas then. You went by Tommy. Tommy Halston. I'd never go by Tommy. My last name is Shore. Thomas Shore. Sorry, you're just wrong, sir. You senile old fool. You don't know him. That's the end of it. Sorry, my mistake. Come on. My brain. Yeah, your brain soaked in scotch. Now come yeah. on down here, young man. Let's go have some fun. Ooh. Well, there uh, you your go. Brain what I said. Soaked in scotch. <laughs> brain soaked in scotch. Come down here, old man. And then Thomas has a vision of shooting both men with the shotgun. Yeah. And it's and I sometimes you know in movies when and Lifetime will do this sometimes you know using that whole vision angle where it's like. So then when something happens, you're like, is it real or is it what he imagines he's doing? So at first I was like, did he just kill them? Because I was like, this is also like white men kill each other hunting all the time. This is like what they Dick do. Cheney. They basically, Yeah, they're like, why not just shoot? Why don't you shoot somebody while you're hunting and then say, what? We were hunting. I don't think they shoot each other. I think they shoot just like people in the woods. Passersby. And of course, he's like, your name's Tommy Holston, which I was like, of course, the guy he won't shut up about. And at which point, I'm like, these elaborate revenge schemes are now getting funny to me because I was yes. like, just kill Darcy. If you're so mad about her putting your dad away, just go to her, kill her. Be done with it. You were literally insinuating yourself into his family. How did you even know Brea would be so easily <laughs> easily manipulated as to like marry you in the space of six months? I'm like, sir, this is a long one. Yeah, he may have been like, oh, I was just going to kill Darcy. And then I saw the ding dong sister and go, well, this seems like this could be fun. Also, <laughs> do not, 
obviously spell out who you are avenging. Like, it's like, don't bring up the man all the time. Darcy's not going to even think about Holston, but then you put it in our head 75 times. Exactly. So we're back at the house. La Brea asked Darcy to have her back and stop going after Thomas. And it's like, La Brea, shut up. They've been around each other 24 hours, and he killed a cater waiter. (laughs) And then the dad comes in, and he's like, Thomas shot a duck. Not just a duck, multiple ducks. He's so good at shooting. He's got, like, a whole bunch of ducks. And you're like, oh, good. Crazy is good with a shotgun. Yes. We needed that wrinkle. Okay? Because we saw him kill the cater waiter in hand-to-hand. Do we need (laughs) to be hunting ducks? Andy, there's other... I said Andy. I know. Okay? I just called you Andy, which is proof that you are my other life partner. (laughs) Megan? Megan? I'm also a little dehydrated, probably. And so... um, but they're rich. They're rich and Southern. They have to hunt duck. I don't That's just, how you like, know a man's a man. A duck? A duck is just like so innocent to me. I, I mean, they, I don't it's think so you should ridiculous. be hunting. Shooting deer is crazy. I mean, though, I, you know, remember when there was that threat about feral hogs? <laughs> a guy was like, I need this type of gun because I got feral hogs everywhere. It's like, <laughs> how many feral hogs are there? <laughs> Well, what's even to me, I guess I'm, I'm really, I didn't realize this too, but the whole thing after they, they have all the duck is dad's like, one of y'all got to help me clean them. And because Brea's like, you know, so self-centered and lazy, she's like, you do it, Darcy. So then Darcy's got to pluck duck feathers? No. Like, Ew. I was like, I'm sorry. If there should be help for anything, it should be cleaning the duck. But don't exactly. make Christina do it. Bring in a duck cleaner. And you know they know a duck cleaner. So then Thomas, all this after you know, after all this kind of talk, Thomas is outside and he's having a private freak out before he makes a phone call, okay? Because he's like outside and he's by himself and he's like muttering to himself and trying to tell himself to calm down. And then he makes a phone call. Listen to this. Hey, Martin. Yeah, no, sorry to call you on a long weekend. Hey, listen, I just spoke with my fiance today. She wants us to pull the trigger on the life insurance policy as soon as possible, get it signed before the end of the long weekend. I totally get that, totally get that. Hey, listen, why don't we tack on the fire and home insurance as well? Anything you got, what do you say? I don't know how much easier it is I can put money in your pocket. What do you say? I'll overnight it. I'll I'll, I'll pay for the overnight. I'll text you the address right now. Good? Marty, we good? Good, great, okay, thanks, yeah, bye. I'll do it right now, bye, bye, bye. schedule, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Another insurance policy. Another insurance policy. And who sees this freak out from about 100 yards away? Maybe not that far, but some yards. Christina, the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this. You do not need to be hearing to know when somebody is out of their damn mind. Okay. Yeah. I, say, I say, okay, he does not look well. And then he notices her watching and then he just like puts on a smile. And then I was like, uh-oh. But then I was like, if he knows Christina's deaf, it should be fine. Because he, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then they have dinner. First of all, before I get into it, listen, to, Thomas says grace at dinner. And just listen to this. This is the weirdest grace I ever heard. Let's be thankful that God makes some of us hunters and some of us pray. As it says in Ecclesiastes, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish get caught in a cruel net, or birds trapped in a snare. So people get trapped by evil times. 
Let's be happy that on this day, evil fell upon the bird. Amen. 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 Thank you. Let's see. Amen. Those maze balls. <laughs> what? Uh, the that is also punctuated with Brea going. That was a maze balls. Doesn't <laughs> shoot a boat. I'm surprised the parents aren't like really embarrassed of La Brea. She doesn't seem like she went to school at all. I know <laughs> that was a maze balls. So then, okay, so that's just annoying, and I needed you guys to hear that. But then also, I thought, okay, so Christina saw him, but he knows she's deaf, and she was at a distance. So I'm like, it's okay. But then at dinner. When we just when we all learn that Dad doesn't even know Christina's name, we do find out that Christina can read lips, and Thomas does not look happy. Now again, some as somebody this this is where we're sort of obviously cheating reality. You know, as someone who's worked with deaf and hard of hearing people, you can't read lips on an angle from twenty feet away. It don't go like that now. It don't go like that. He she coming from the side. He over here muttering and sweating. I said, I don't know if you getting all that. I don't know if you getting all that. You know that, but Psycho Thomas, does he know that? No. And then I said, y'all, if Christina go down, I'm I'm livid. I'm going down with her. I'm going down with her. Megan, we got to take a break because I said the one black person up in this whole cinematic universe. I can't take it if she got to go. So we got to take a break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we're back. I'm stealing myself. I'm yeah. stealing myself. No, you take, a, you, okay. take a, you take a beat. So we find out that Thomas may try and kill Christina, and we're very <laughs> disturbed by this. Then all of that tension is broken up by friend Amanda, a.k.a. me, who calls Darcy <laughs> with some info on Thomas Schur. Now, she's like, listen, there's no Thomas Schur, which we knew there wasn't going to be because he's yeah. a fake person. But his description matches two unsolved marital crimes. There was the Lindsay mm-hmm. Hartley throwing down an elevator shaft. He collected on that insurance money and then disappeared. And then there was a woman who was killed while snorkeling, collected that money, mm. and disappeared. Now, I actually thought this was very good investigative skills by Amanda. Because I would have been like, nope, no Thomas Sure, I guess we're good mm-hmm. to go. <laughs> <laughs> but then, after that phone call, Darcy comes back to the dinner table and she gets a text from Christina who mentions seeing Thomas talking about insurance, you know, and the, and Thomas clocks that he's gotten a text from Christina. Yes. And I said, oh, Lord, Christina. And then the mom's like, no phones at the table. And I'm like, oh, my God, woman, just have another shirt day. And then that night while Darcy's asleep, Thomas 
comes into her room, mm-hmm. grabs her phone. Yep. And her phone is just open. And she got AirPods in. So I was like, is she supposed to be listening to something? Because like the screen is on. She li- she got AirPods in her ears. And he grabs her phone, opens the text, sees the text from Christina. And the evidence from Amanda. Oh, really? I didn't clock that. See, whenever yeah. the screen got dark, I couldn't see what was going on. Well, I just saw a bunch of like, it looked like police reports. And I was like, that's oh, not from Christina. okay. I, why is that called Christina? Christina. But here's my next issue with Darcy. How are you a whole assistant district attorney and your phone ain't locked? No one's phone in Lifetime is locked. Their computer's open, phone's open. So then he takes her open phone and he puts it in the sink and submerges it in water. <laughs> and I had to ask the question at this point. So we saw him kill the cater waiter and then he had to go drop, drop his body. He didn't get back to the house until sunrise. Now in the middle of the night, he's ruining cell phones. Being a killer, it's not worth the lack of sleep. Like yeah. I, I can tell you guys having a, a baby right now, you the sleep you need the sleep and so if you're deciding between being a killer or not i'm gonna say don't just so you can get your eight hours <laughs> and then of course once thomas leaves the room darcy wakes up and then it's like i better lock the door and it's like too late sis the next day christina comes in to clean the house for these awful people and thomas sneaks up behind her injects her with a syringe mm-hmm. and she collapses on the floor Collapses to the ground. Collapses to the ground. And I'm screaming, this woman, okay, Christina has a son who needs braces. Yes. Why is he doing this? She's a mother. She's a mother. It's also like, and even Darcy says, where it's like, she's, it's like, oh, why are you working on the weekend? And she's like, my son needs braces. Your parents gave me extra hours. And Darcy's like, they should have just given you the money. And I'm like, absolutely. They should have just, yeah. They were like, they should have given you a raise. I'm like, they should have just paid for the orthodontal work and then given you a raise too. It's like, what are you talking about? I will say though, I think Christina and Darcy look about the same age, if not five years apart. Meaning, I we're, you're supposed to be getting the sense that Christina's like a wise and older woman, but she's looking about 35 to me. And I was like, so, but she's been with the family since she was, for, since they were kids? She may have started right out of high school. I don't know. Oh my God. You know, they don't Lord. care. These people, they, they don't, don't ask him questions. So Thomas has now injected her with poison. She's laying on the ground. He's like checking his watch, puts away his coat. And then he goes, help. Help! And so the family rushes downstairs because it's the morning time. And he says he just got back from a walk. Now, she is trying to sign to Darcy. And he's like, oh, no, she's having a seizure and holds her hand so she can't sign. Y'all, y'all, furious, furious. It's really, it's like what lies beneath, get out. It's like a lot of combos of a lot of very frightening movies. Yes. So she is taken to the hospital. I do not believe she is dead. No, she's like in a coma, but we also don't know if it's looking good. So the whole family is gathered in like the sitting room. I guess that's where you go after your housekeeper's been almost murdered. And it's just quiet. And then Darcy's like, listen, I can't take it any longer. And she starts laying out her suspicions in front of Thomas, who refused to leave the room. Yeah, who's sitting right there. That she thinks that he is a murderer. Listen to this. I think Thomas Sure here is also Thomas Baugh and Thomas Snow. I think he's married at least two other women and had them killed for the insurance money. Darcy, you are being foolish. I can't believe you. Now, I think Christina found something out. He did whatever it was that we just saw to her. Darcy, you're sounding preposterous. He tried to save Christina. We saw it. Dad, he made it so she couldn't sign. Oh, God, that was smart, and I will give you that. Just send him away, okay? And let me, let me investigate him. 
And if I'm wrong, I will spend the rest of my life apologizing to you. But if he loves you like he says he does, he'll agree. Do you even hear yourself? Brea, I know no. it sounds... Darcy. You've done enough talking. Do you want to know what I think? I think you are jealous. I think you never got over Jeremy, and you just can't stand that I'm so happy. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna tell you this. I never like this part. If I have one rule, it is don't tell people when you suspect them of murdering, okay? And especially not if you a damn lawyer. Because if you're a good lawyer, you know you need to amass your evidence. Right. You need to present it beyond a reasonable doubt. Darcy, you ain't got the evidence. I mm -hmm. need exhibits A through D. Okay, right. honey? You just out here talking, and you should know better than that. And then dad's like, this isn't a courtroom. And I go, well, I hope it's not, because this is very bad lawyering, if it is. Okay, so that was your takeaway from that. And my takeaway is, who is Jeremy? This is the first we've heard of this ex. Know, and it's I like, know. Jeremy must have done a number on her because, <laughs> yeah, she's she's really spiraling. So La Brea chooses Thomas because she's like, my fiance would never make me choose. And it's like, girl, he took out a life insurance policy. He rushed delivered it so he can murder you. But okay. The uh -huh. parents are also upset. Everyone has turned on Darcy. They're like, yeah. yep. And the dad's like, you've lied to me before. It's, who it's, grow up about your firm. Thank you. It's also like, have you never been a parent? Like, Children do things that are not what you want them to do all the time. And quite honestly, after the age of 18, you can't control them. So him being so angry about her, because it's not even, especially because it's not even like she went to work for a rival. No. She's literally working for the state. It's very, it's like different lawyering. She's a lawyer. She's in the public sector. That should be, this is, this happened I mean, in the Michelle Williams. DA, you know, Mem it's like, ugh. I know, I know. Okay, so the mom is beside herself. She said, I need to go back into the city. She can't even stay at her country house. That's how upset she is. So at this point of the film, as I've decided, I'm fine if any of them die. I did look up the dad's IMDb because he did look familiar to me. Now this dad, he's got to be pushing 70, 75? Easily, yeah, 75. He was in Top Gun Maverick as a stunt man. He has done tons. He's, he has what? like 18 credits as a stunt worker. And then wow. he also was in a little film called The Accidental Prime Minister, where he played <laughs> George W. Bush. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. He wow, looks wow. nothing like George W. Bush, but they're just, they both are Southern and kind of dumb. And I said, yes, <laughs> we got to get The Accidental Prime Minister on the docket. It's not a Lifetime film. I, I, I don't know what it is. Okay. <laughs> So that night, Darcy goes downstairs because she's still at the house, but the parents have left. You see where I got confused? Because yes. I don't know if you want to take it in. Because remember, because then Thomas goes to La Brea in what looks like a separate home. I'm wondering if it's like a back house situation. Yeah, see, the geography was not clear. Like multiple houses on one property. It is logistically confusing. Okay, so Darcy goes downstairs in, in the empty country house. Thomas is sitting in a chair. If someone is sitting in a chair in the dark in the middle of the night, they're going to murder you. We like Absolutely. So and I know that that's not evidence she could have presented, but it's like, "Hey, um yeah, he just was like sitting in a giant chair with, with the lights off." So before she even realizes he's there, he shoots her in the arm and then starts the classic lifetime monologue. You know, you were so close to figuring it out. So close. Let's see uh Let's see how you do with a couple more clues. 
Marta Ba. My second wife. Her maiden name was... Franco. Kinsley Snow, my first wife. Any guess? What was her maiden name? Drumroll? Montgomery. Come on, you putting it together? Is it getting through that thick skull of yours? Halston. Halston. There it is. Yeah, he's basically feeling how we're feeling of like, bitch, you know, how do you not know what's going on by now? So, yes, Halston was his dad, and he's very upset that he's dead, and he's he's teaching everybody involved in the case what it's like to lose someone close to them. And at this point, I'm assuming the whole neighborhood is drugged, because how does no one hear this gunshot and her screaming in pain from being shot in the arm? Right, because you can't can't write this off as a duck hunting at 3 a.m. No, you cannot. He knows his dad is a criminal, and it's like, your dad did a crime, so he did the time. Why aren't you going after who murdered him in the jail? Yes, thank you. This is part of him not being well. He's unhinged. He said it's if they hadn't put him in prison, he wouldn't have died. It's like, well, no, if he hadn't double-crossed so many people, there wouldn't have been people gunning for him in prison. Right. So that's still on him. Now, of course, this is all about Halston, but then also remember, he's trying to get insurance. Well, listen to this little explanation. The insurance? <clears throat> The insurance, honey, uh, uh, that was just a perk. Get over the insurance, come on. I do all the heavy lifting, I deserve to retire on a boat someday. In an ideal world, you know, I was hoping to have your sister sign the paperwork before I killed her, but then you came along and you changed up the entire plan. And as my kindergarten teacher knows, I don't do well when people mess up my plans! Now, part of why I played that clip was really just so you could hear my favorite line in the whole movie, which is, as my kindergarten teacher knows, I don't do well when people mess up my plan. (laughs) Which really, like, I thought that First of all, I'm really glad they put this explanation in there because I was being like, you, are you killing for spite or are you killing for money? I do, you're like crossing your missions here. We love it. But then, so I'm glad that they cleared that up that he's just like a psycho. But he also was telling us like, oh, I've been a psycho since before my dad was murdered. Like, I thought right. his dad went to jail, he got murdered in jail and it made him snap. No, he's he's been rotten since five years old. Which I just thought to myself though, but is he telling us he killed his kindergarten teacher Was when there wasn't pizza on Pizza Friday? Did he say I must get revenge? I mean- To bring up, of all the people in your life to know you don't like messed up plans, your kindergarten teacher? I have more questions. I have more questions. And, like, for your kindergarten teacher to not like you, you were bad. You were a bad (laughs) kid. My mom mom ran into my dad, because my parents are from the same small town, and she ran into my dad's first grade teacher. And the teacher was like, now, who are you married to? And she said, Jeff Gailey. And she said the teacher's face, like, went white. And was like, (laughs) and basically, like, ran away from her. (laughs) Oh, my God. What was your dad doing that he 
so my dad was a twin, twin boys, and I think they were just really wild. There are stories about them, like, sneaking across to the neighbors and, like, getting in, like, a tractor and started driving it when they were little. (laughs) Like, they were just bad, I think. Uh, 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 uh. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Then he shoots her again. And this time it's like through the heart. So it's like, well, that's <laughs> that's a wrap on Darcy. Thank you. Right, right. And then he does seem to go next door or maybe him and La Brea have been staying in a back house so they can have like wild sex. I don't know. And Brea, La Brea's up. He kisses her and then says he needs to take a shower. And he's like, don't worry about Darcy anymore. We don't need to worry about that. And so then we go back to Darcy on the floor, but she's alive. Because he can't even kill right. Because he's a loser. <laughs> She's coughing. She manages to get up. And it's and what we discover is that the bullet didn't actually pierce her. It lodged in a plaque that she was holding, which was one of her old awards. From field hockey. She was a um, good field hockey player. And it's the only time her dad was ever proud of her. Yes. But so she was holding the award at her chest. There's a lot worth you look. I'm telling you, everything takes place at night, and I'm telling you, I just couldn't under, I couldn't read the scene. I couldn't read the scene. Okay, and so I was like, she's holding this, and she's holding it at her chest. But then when he knocks her down to shoot her, whatever she's holding should be dislodged, unless she's wearing like a blazer with a pocket inside. Yeah, maybe it was like a robe, a robe, and she's just like when she's at her parents' house, she's like, I need that field hockey plaque close to my heart. I will I say this is so. this is one of the few things they got right about rich people. Field hockey is a classic rich girl sport. <laughs> so back at the parents' house, I guess, you guys, honestly, it all falls apart for me. But the point is, wherever Thomas and Brea are that Darcy is not, there is a ring at the doorbell. Thomas answers the door and a delivery guy from the insurance company is dropping off papers. He's a day late. Thomas is so pissed. Even more so when he's like, call me sir. And the guy's like, okay, Tommy. <gasps> Which I decided made him my favorite character the whole movie. Really I said this man said, he goes, I'm DHL. I ain't got time for these games. Tommy, I'm leaving. No. Don't you think as an insurance person, if someone calls you and is like, hey, I need a rush delivery on my fiance's insurance policy, you're like, hmm, I wonder if something's up. <laughs> you're not like, I'm top, I'm on top of that, Rose. Like, you don't send it. I know, I know. So, so after the, luckily I thought, oh, please don't kill the delivery guy. No, but he, he does I guess Thomas is like, I'm busy. To, he's like, I've already killed one person a day. I gotta take a break, one person <laughs> a night. And... But he closed the door and then Brea is behind him and she like clocks. She's like, those are papers from an insurance company. Which she would not put together. Not a chance. Thank you. How quick. I go, Brea's not bright enough to know the name of an insurance company. No. She has not shown herself to be someone who listens, clocks details, or knows what things mean. She'd be like, insurance? Oh my God, that's like so grown up of us. Exactly. But somehow she has this moment where she realizes, oh God, Darcy was right. He starts to choke her and is like, you finally get it, you idiot. And then Darcy comes from behind, hits him. You think that the two sisters are going to get away, but then Thomas shoots at them, stopping them in their tracks, leads them to a couch where he reveals the poison he had used to try to kill Christina and says he had the antidote the whole time. Because he has one of those like little like syringe like cases. And cases, I go, Knives yeah. Out has made these things seem like they're hand sanitizer. <laughs> and that everybody's just got like a little syringe case because he's got all this stuff at his future in-laws country. Like he must have had a whole suitcase of murdering gear. Exactly. Exactly. He's ready to go. Because you've, you've got to order this. You've got to order these poisons and syringes, right? Yes. And I was like, this is not just run to the store. Okay. 
And then he's basically like, okay, I'm going to kill you guys with this poison. And then Brea sprays him in the eyes with something. You guys, I don't have it. We don't know. And then Dar- <laughs> but then Darcy manages to run off while he's, you know, dazed and confused. But Brea is knocked out. Which is fine. I, like, if I'm Darcy, I'm like, bye, La Brea. Like, <laughs> I tried and you're dumb. So he says he's going to kill them both. Him and Darcy get into a tussle. And then La Brea comes from behind and plunges a syringe into his back. So La Brea has had a very important, like, two minutes. Like, all yeah. of the brain power she's not been using her whole life, she has been able to smash yeah. into this very important fight or flight situation. And she fought. Well, good for her then. I know. We, you know she has a survival instinct. I'm like, maybe she took like a class in self-defense at like, I don't know, Sarah Lawrence. So (laughs) Sarah Lawrence is like too creative for her, I'm sure. But I'm trying to think she's giving maybe like a Michigan vibe. Okay, so he seems like he's going down and then he grabs his gun and he points it at the sisters. And you think they're about to die, which is kind of fine with me. And then the best twist of all, mom and dad show up. Dad's got his shotgun and mom says, try and you'll be mulching my garden by afternoon tea. (laughs) And then we cut to, you know, everyone, the family's in the lawn. The cops are taking Thomas away. And dad says, Christina's going to be okay because he gave them the info that was on the vial Thomas had. But Megan. What? But Megan. Thomas said he had the antidote on him this whole time. What you mean you giving him the name on the vial? Give them the antidote. I know, but... This is like giving her more hours instead of giving her a raise. They don't want to make it easy for Christina. They don't want to make it easy for Christina. I think this is a rewrite. I think it was like... I think Christina was dead in the original. And then it was like, oh, Naomi and Megan are going to be so distraught that they were like, we we cannot kill this black deaf woman (laughs) whose son needs braces and she gives her kids lollipops. She better get a raise after this. And I like how all of a sudden the dad knows her name. (laughs) But then the family is like really chill and they're like, we should hang out more often. No. Like they're basically just like the four of us. When was the last time the four of us were together? And it was like, what? And I'm like, if I'm Darcy, I'm like, I'm never seeing any of you ever again. Ever again. You, you chose an, a man who was so obviously a psychopath. Yeah, over me. You all left me to be alone and be murdered. To the point where Brea didn't even hear him shoot her. She wasn't that far away when all that went down. Yeah. I'm like, look, I say, you, Darcy, trust your instinct and stay away from these people. But you know what? Darcy ain't got no good instincts. I'm going to tell you this right now. Because we cut to one year later. Darcy now has the district attorney nameplate, no more assistant. And she's in her office, and a guy named Justin, who works at Dad's firm, is dropping off something on his behalf. It's an envelope with a chess move inside. I said, these people are the worst. So there's an ongoing game that they play, which I said, this whole thing is a waste of employee resources. You've got somebody coming into the city to drop off an envelope with a chess move? And you know what I immediately clocked before they even said it? He has the green juice that Darcy likes. And I go, oh, he found something she likes. And then he invites her. He's like, do you want to grab a smoothie tomorrow? And then I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. And this guy's hot. And she also goes, okay, what about 7 a.m.? And he says, yes. I said, even bigger red flag. Okay, you don't come up on somebody. You just make saying, want to meet me at 7 a.m.? And they're like, sure. Sick. So it seems like romance for her. And this guy's hot. He is handsome. He looks a lot like Thomas Sure. Well, he's giving us, he's giving us square head, dark yeah. brown eyes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then we see this hot Justin and he's going down the stairs because 
you know he doesn't trust an elevator. And we <laughs> find out he is Thomas's brother. He is the other Halston. You guys, you guys, I said this is the Lindsay Hartley touch. She said, I'm not doing a regular ending. I've already given you the twist of the parents showing up and helping everyone survive. We're going to twist and let you know Darcy ain't out of the woods. Okay, that's the Lindsay Hartley touch. Lindsay said, set up for sequel. She said, set up for sequel. So this guy's long plan, like it's like, it's not enough there was one crazy brother. There's another crazy brother who must have gone to Yale Law. Like he played such a long game. He had to get like a 4.0 in college, an incredible LSAT score. LSAT score. No, no, no. It is a fake resume. Oh, And when you call his references, they're him doing voices. They're dead. That's what it is. (laughs) And again, like another person that we want to say to, they didn't kill your dad. Right. Right. Someone with a shoelace did. But also it's like, no, he's taking revenge for his brother. You put my brother away. And it's like, your brother killed three people? And tried to kill our housekeeper. And and you like, know how hard it is to find good help. You really think, it's like you act like people are doing something against you, but it's like y'all the ones out here committing the crimes. Make it make sense, Halstons. Make it make sense. So I guess in the end, like if this was another film, we'd be like, oh no, they're going to have this bad stuff. But it's like, oh, we're just, this family is going to be terrorized and we're like fine with that. Absolutely. Darcy's not very bright. <laughs> I was like, it's like, I'm not, I'm not into it. So... That was her fiance's double life, and it's about to be the next, the sequel, probably my fiance's double life when she and Justin start a life and then he rips it all apart. You guys, you guys, can you imagine? Well, next week we've got another fun one. I'll tell you right now. This one is called, up here with favorite titles, Mistress Hunter. Okay. Okay, this sounds like an action film. (laughs) Determined to make her husband pay for his affair, Jackie hires a professional mistress hunter to stop the relationship and carry out an elaborate plan for divorce. But when people start turning up dead, Jackie becomes the number one suspect. Okay, strap in. What is a professional mistress hunter and why did they drop it in there like that's a normal profession? We're gonna find out and you can watch this with your existing Lifetime Movie Club subscription or... Start an account today by going to lifetimemovieclub.com slash podcast where you can get a free seven-day trial and you better spend all seven days unpacking Mistress Hunter because... Unpacking and hanging your clothes up in the closet. Oh, we'll see you next week. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by The Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Copyright 2023 a Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved.
imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.